can't handle the truth! Holding unacceptable uh, views. Holding unacceptable uh, views. Hey everyone, happy Friday. It is Friday. January 20th, 2023. So, although some in the mainstream media are criticizing the World Economic Forum, along with the alternative media, some dinosaurs like CBS are doubling down and siding with the elite confab. After all, CBS is a corporate conglomerate. Also, I'll briefly weigh in on the Steven Crowder Daily Wire controversy, even though I don't really care. And the White House's non-response to the classified document scandal. Uh, Even some in the mainstream media are asking if that's wise. So I'll be weighing into uh, these topics and more coming up right now. So starting out with CBS News, um, as elites gather in Davos, conspiracy theories gain traction. This is from the 16th. Um, I'll just read the lead here. When some of the world's wealthiest and most most influential figures gathered at the World Economic Forum's annual meeting last year. Sessions on climate change drew high-level discussions on topics such as carbon financing and sustainable food systems. But an entirely different narrative played out on the internet where social media users claimed leaders wanted to force population to eat insects instead of meat in the name of saving the environment. The annual event in the Swiss ski resort of Davos, which opens Monday, was increasingly become a target of bizarre claims from a growing chorus of commentators who believe the forum involves a group of elites manipulating global events for their own benefit. Experts say that once a conspiracy theory found in the internet underbelly has now hit the mainstream. As I've talked about this previously, the mainstream media is even reporting on on the the confab. Uh, but the fact is, is that CBS has it wrong because they're exactly talking about things like personal individual carbon trackers and things like this, talking about, and this year, talking about universal vaccine passports and other modes of draconian authoritarianism And obviously, this is the seat of corporate world fascism, but they don't want to talk about that. They talk about this isn't a conspiracy that is playing out in an extreme fringes, said Alex Friedfeld, a researcher with the Anti-Defamation League. Of course, they have to go to the ADL, who studies anti-government extremism. Well, this isn't government, is it? This is is anti-corporate fascism we're seeing it on mainstream social media platforms being shared by regular americans we are seeing it being spread by mainstream media figures right on their primetime news on their 
nightly reports. The meeting draws heads of state, business executives, cultural trendsetters, and representatives from international organizations to the Lux Mountain Town. Though it's always unclear how much concrete action will emerge, the meeting is slated to take on pressing global issues from climate change to economic uncertainty to geopolitical instability and public health. Now, they must be talking to Rubes because most of the people listening here or most of the people on the internet know that what happens behind closed doors, the discussions end up in um, think tanks and those think tanks put forth policy and those policy uh, ideas or policy schemes are adopted by uh, the political elites and then they are indeed put into action. Hundreds of public sessions are planned, but the four-day conference is also known for secretive backroom meetings and deal-making by business leaders. Actually, deals aren't founded there. Deals aren't forged there. They're just not. They're done in the boardrooms of their prospective corporate headquarters. This gap between what's shown to the public and what happens behind closed doors helps to make the meeting a flashpoint for misinformation. Now it's misinformation. They don't do they have secretive meetings or not? If they don't have anything to hide, they could be transparent. And they and those transcripts from these meetings behind closed doors, these breakout sections could be made public. When there are high levels of ambiguity, it's very easy to fill its narrative, says Kathleen Hall Jameson, who's the director of the Annenberg Public Policy Center at the University of Pennsylvania and also studies misinformation. Theories about uh, influential global leaders are not new, she said, but the scrutiny in the forum, forum and its chairman, Klaus Schwab, intensified in 2020 in the early days of the COVID-19 pandemic. That year, the theme of the annual meetings was the Great Reset. Not only that, but he published a book called The Great Reset. And if you cared to read it, it's full of very scary stuff. Very scary plans. The initiative, uh, the initiative uh, envisioned sweeping changes to how societies and economies would work to recover from the pandemic and build a more sustainable future. Extremist beliefs take root in a time of mounting anxiety. Jameson said the public has become susceptible to falsehoods as conspiracy theories emerge as a tool to cut through the chaos. Researchers who monitor extremism say that these beliefs are becoming more popular and more concerning. Now, are conspiracy theories extremism? I don't know, having a theory about a conspiracy isn't really extreme. This is just because they enlist people like the ADL. So I'm not going to go more on to, into this story, obviously. Um, but the fact is, as we all know, is that there is a conspiracy between global elites. And if you ever look to see how uh, the post-World War II world was shaped, um, you'd understand how these things have concern and how think tanks think tanks like uh, the Council on Foreign Relations and um, the British Roundtable Groups um, and all these other things, the City of Rome, the Council of Rome, all these groups and how um, they put forth policy and how the policy is adopted. And these think tank groups and NGOs uh, are basically put together and formed by rich, elite individuals um, that work together in secret, which indeed is a conspiracy. So things like 
individual carbon trackers and vaccine passports and, um, you know, all the things that they talk about, future robotics, uh, job markets, universal basic income and all these other things. Um, just look at what Yuval Harari says. His He is the main futurist for uh, the elite. And look at all these things. I'm not going to belabor this anymore. Most of you already know that Davos is the public-facing uh, confab of the Bilderberg Group. Now, the Bilderberg Group is very secretive and their meetings are extremely secretive. And at Davos, the breakout meetings after the lectures and such are also very secretive. And so it leads people to believe that what they're discussing, and if you look at the type of lectures that are given on misinformation and futurism, uh, all the genetic uh, things that they're working on, uh, you'd know that there is evil afoot, if you care. I mean, this is just, they thought people would just stay stupid. Uh, and the fact is that's not, that's not the reality. People, people who care are getting smarter. People that care to know it's hard because we're fighting a onslaught of uh, dumbing uh, chemicals that make you more stupid um, and make, and then media that makes your attention span uh, shorter and so those two things combined together, uh, lessen, lessened memory and inquisitiveness, alertness, all these focus, all these things make it difficult to kind of keep track of all the moving parts of the conspiracy. So um, the before I go on, I just want to say that um, at the end of this podcast, I'm going to do a little feature. I've been talking about doing features on especially on Friday about um, alcohol uh, cocktailing and uh, cigars. So if you want to learn a little bit about uh, each of those things on Friday at the end of the podcast, I'm going to offer some my advice on uh, these sorts of things. Um, moving on, though, uh, this, uh, this story here about Steven Crowder, who I don't really care about, uh, Steven Crowder basically is uh, the conservative conservatism for kids, um, which is great. You know, I, I understand what he's doing and, you know, three cheers for him. I'm not going to say anything derogatory about Steven Crowder. I, I just find his approach to the intellectualism of, of politics is, I don't know, shallow. So, and it's between him and then you have, on the other hand, you have the Daily Wire with Ben Shapiro, who I don't really like either, um, although he's a smart guy and um, he knows what he's talking about and, and when discussing a lot of uh, topics, um, that's great, um, but I find him completely annoying. So, uh, you know, people that talk uh, too fast <laughs> and um, are as to seem to be like too on top of things, he needs to do a few bong hits and just chill out a bit. So, but, so in any case... The story here is that the Daily... So, Steven Crowder had a contract with The Blaze, which is Glenn Beck's outfit. So, he left them, and then the Daily Wire offered him a $50 million four-year contract, and then Steven Crowder said, oh, my God, they're going to penalize me if I get strikes on, on YouTube and, you know, if I lose my reach by being banned on platforms and such. And so, he was worried about it. And the Daily Wire said, hey, that's the offer, take it or leave it. 
And so there's been a little bit of a back and forth. You know, I don't really care, but you have to understand the Daily Wire is a corporation. So whether it's run by Ben Shapiro or anybody else is that, and I happen to agree with Mark Dice here, is that if you're an independent, then you get to be independent. You know, if you're gonna work for a corporation, whether it's the NFL or the Daily Wire or AT&T, and you get paid $50 million if you're a CEO or you're just an entertainer or a personality or what have you, is that that's the thing, I mean, you never worked in the corporate world before, is that if you get paid a lot of money, you're their bitch. So you have to do what they say, regardless, or you're gonna be in violation of your contract and um, you're gonna lose money or you're gonna get dismissed or you're gonna be in breach of contract or whatever. So, you know, that's why I agree with Mark Dice. If you wanna do what you wanna do out of your garage or whatever, then you are the free reign to do whatever you wanna do. But if you wanna work for a corporation and get paid $50 million, you're their bitch. It's the same thing if you work you know, as a wage slave for 30 grand or whatever, is that you want to keep your job, you're their bitch. So that's just the way it is. So if you don't want to be someone's bitch, then start your own gig and don't work for somebody else. But as soon as somebody's going to pay you, um, and that's the great thing about Joe Rogan, is Joe Rogan's doing his own thing and he signed a licensing agreement with Spotify. So he gets to do whatever he wants to do, but just like Steven Crowder would, they're conditions. Even, you know, if, if you're gonna work in that fashion where Joe Rogan is a little bit more independent, but he still has to bitch out a little bit. So, and then the Daily Beast, the right-wing media feud just took an ugly turn, right-wing. And so the Daily Beast portrays this whole thing as, ha, 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 look at these two people fighting over money. Uh, ben Shapiro's Daily Wire empire colluding with tech companies to tamp down, down the right-wing content. Um, big tech is in bed with big con. I mean, it's like, what, you don't think the, you know, the RNC or Republicans in general don't have their own agenda and aren't using you for whatever it is that they want to use you for? It's just like big organizations of man that are built by man, whether they're, you know, for God or, or for money or whatever, you can't serve two masters. Whatever it is, is that the best thing you want to do if you want to keep your individual liberty is to keep individual. You can't associate with a group, it doesn't matter what level you're at, and still main, maintain a great deal of independence or complete independence, I should say. So moving on to the next story here, 68 Days of Silence, this is from the New York Times, why the White House stayed mum on classified documents. Advisors to President Biden calculated that the Justice Department would view possession of the documents as little more than a good faith mistake. So here is the New York Times coming to the defense of the White House, who everybody else is like, why aren't you commenting on what the fuck is happening? And they say the decision by President Biden and his top advisors to keep the Discovery of classified documents secret from the public and even the most of the White House staff for 68 days was driven by what turned out to be a futile hope that the incident would be quietly disposed of. In fact, the Biden strategy was profoundly influenced by the Trump case in which the former president refused to turn over the documents. And then they go against Trump here. Even after being subpoenaed, the goal of the Biden team, according to the people familiar with internal deliberations, 
who spoke on condition of anonymity, so they're not sourcing what they're writing here, is to win trust of the Justice Department investigators to demonstrate that the president and his team were fully cooperating fully. In other words, they would be head off any serious legal repercussions by doing exactly the opposite of what the Biden lawyers had seen the Trump legal team do. Um, no. They don't want this, any speculation about this to go any further. And it already has, as I mentioned previously, is that people are starting to deliberate about possible espionage, considering Hunter Biden's relationship with the head of Chinese intelligence. And then Hunter Biden also had access to um, all the places where the documents were. So if Hunter Biden has a relationship with the head of Chinese intelligence and he also has access to classified documents, what do you think that spells? Stupid. All right, oh, moving on to more headlines from the New York Post. You won't uh, keep us out. Car drove into barricade outside Sam Bankman's Freed's house. It was actually his parents' house. A car rammed into a metal barricade outside the California home where Sam Bankman Freed is serving out his house arrest in an intentional and malicious crash. The three men hopped out of the car and told security guard looking after the Palo Alto property, you won't be able to keep us out. Bankman Freed's attorney said in, in a Manhattan federal court filing, the trio who haven't been identified got back in the car after making a threat and drove off. What is this? <laughs> These people haven't been identified? All right, this is a, a huge case. This is, this is very similar to Jeffrey Epstein getting strangled, you know, before he actually died, getting strangled in his cell by his cellmate. They're coming after this guy, and this was a warning uh, by the powers that be that you better keep your mouth shut or, you know, bad things are going to happen to you and your family. You can't keep us out. So they might have been trying to sneak into the house to warn him either in, in a personal fashion or with a note, or maybe they're going to leave a, a, a horse's head in his bed or something, but they were going to let him know for sure. Other news from the New York Times, uh, Google's call in help from Larry Page and Sergey Brin for the AI fight. A rival chatbot has shaken Google out of its routine with the founders who left three years ago, re-engaging in more than 20 AI projects in the works. So Google has been working on uh, artificial intelligence and the chatbot GPT uh, hit them broadside um who knows where it came from it's supposed to come out from um I, I think a lot of it had to do with uh musk's outfit but in any case this from the new york times just a strategy oh it's like you know two corporations working on a new form of laundry detergent um the ai fight is whether or not to bring ai online or not uh, that's the reality um I vote against it. You know, other might people might be for it. Oh, it's going to be a wonderful thing for humanity. Yeah, right. Uh, but the point is, is that uh, sentient robots need AI to move about freely and autonomously. They also need 5G or 6G because, as many people have pointed out, the robot's brain won't be encased in, in the robot itself. It'll be using the, an internet a brain, a, a cloud-based brain. And so it, it needs, the robots will need 5G, 6G to communicate with the cloud and to communicate with each other and what have you. 
So because the braining capacity of a robot will be too big for it to move around and so forth and so on. So the deadline uh, is reporting Alec Baldwin and Rust Armorer to face criminal charges after 2021 fatal movie shooting. The Santa Fe DA says, I believe this was murder. Nobody is on board with me with this, but um, there's no way. Okay, even if a gun is accidentally discharged on a set, the likelihood that it would shoot and kill someone, well, isn't really there. So I think the fact is, is that not only was there a live round in the gun, but apparently Alec Baldwin had live rounds on him during this. So who knows exactly how it is. Is this the armor? And it has a picture of this woman here who um, I guess Hannah Guterres-Reed was the armor. Look at this girl. I mean, you look at this. Who is, first of all, you know, I don't mean to be sexist, but I don't think I would hire a woman armorer. And this is the problem, as you always know, with the equity thing, equity inclusion in the workplace, is whether it's a pilot or somebody else, a lot of times you're not going to get the most qualified people to do the job. She looks like a, a, a crazy, uh, weird, uh, fat girl. So um, I don't know. I think it's murder. I think um, my... <laughs> I surmise that uh, Alec Baldwin had a beef with a cinematographer for one reason or another. She was kind of cute, so maybe he hit on her and she said, I'm going to ruin you uh, for making sexual advances on me, and he decided to shoot her. Um, in any case, the thing with this story is the night before the, the accidental shooting is they were out shooting live rounds, uh, a bunch of the, ca the cast, a bunch of the staff, and workers on the set were out shooting live rounds out in the desert there by uh, by the set where they were shooting. So you would never do that. I, I find that completely, you know, that's not even where you should be going. There's no way you should be out shooting live rounds. There shouldn't be live rounds on the set. There shouldn't be live rounds anywhere near prop guns because the gun, I guess, was handed to him cold, which means it did not have live rounds and well actually when you give somebody a gun that's cold it should really mean it's empty um but in a lot of cases on movie sets they use the term cold when it's got a blank in it so and blanks by the way look different than regular rounds so it's not like oh there's a live round in it uh you know it looks just like a blank it, it doesn't look like that but it's it's completely negligent for the cast to be out shooting live rounds a day before or the night before this accident. So in some quick news from BBC, Frank Strikes, one million protests against Macron's rise in retirement age. This has been going on for weeks now. On uh, the business mirror, nearly half a million UK workers set for mass strike demanding higher pay. So uh, they're out with their pitchforks. And then quickly, I'm going to go into um, my smoke recommendation for uh, the week. Uh, since it is Friday, um, my favorite uh, cigar lately uh, for under $10, uh, cigars are a lot like bottles of wine. To get a good one, you need to spend around $10. Uh, if you go over $10, you get more exceptional cigars. Under $10, uh, Perdomo's usually get for about nine bucks. 
Um, the Perdomo Champagne 10th Anniversary is the cigar that I just had this week. I recommend it fully. Uh, Perdomo is a great cigar uh, for under $10. They come, they come in around $9. Uh, this is with a Connecticut-grown wrapper. Um, I'm just going to go quickly. Rated 92 by Cigar Journal. And uh, this beautiful butterscotch-colored Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper imparts sweet hints of cream and honey. The Cuban seed Nicarag Nicaraguan binder and filler leaves offer a rich spiciness with oak undertones. The combination of the wrapper, binder, and fillers in this blend. Elegant flavors with rich, complex aromas and silky smooth finish. I agree, I agree. It comes into these sizes. So I'm going to go a little bit into sizes and cigars as a whole. I usually um, smoke Robusto because I can't take too much uh, nicotine, um, but I will go to a Corona Extra. Um, I, usually, I rarely smoke Churchill's. It's a little big for me, but they come in a bunch of different sizes. Um, they also introduced recently um, some different wrappers in a Sun Grown and a Maduro um, which are worth trying. Not all Maduros are stronger. Um, it's just, it's a different wrapper, and I'm going to go into that. I usually shop at Famous Cigars, so I'm going to give them a plug here. They have the 10th anniversary champagne cigars here in a bunch of different sizes and boxes. I usually buy my boxes from here, but since it's winter and the house is kind of dry, I don't invest that kind of money. I go to my local cigar shop and buy one-offs. So Perdomo cigars, like I said, I I usually smoke um, the Connecticut wrapper. They have three types here. This is their Habano, which is their their basic classic cigar, and um, I usually do the Connecticut wrapper. Uh, but they also offer Sun Grown and Maduro. Uh, Perdomo, great cigar, worth checking out. And um, and I think that's going to be it for today. So I hope you enjoyed that last bit. Uh, that's my recommendation for Domo Champagne 10th Anniversary Series. Next week, next Friday, I'm going to be talking a little bit about vermouths and uh, quinquinas, uh, which are a type of aperitif wine, spiced wine that are good for mixing in martinis. And I'm going to talk a little bit about vespers, which is a type of martini made popular by James Bond. So that's it for me today. Rudy's Revelation, don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Getter, Minds, Truth Social. I'll see you tomorrow. Conspiracy, you know, you know that is a conspiracy. Wake, 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 wake up, wake up.